Hi, this is Pastor Brittany Isaac from Urban Village Church, Chicago. We are a church that is bold, inclusive, and relevant. I know that many of you out there are hungry for a gospel message of healing and wholeness, a message that leads to a life transformed by Christ. I hope that this podcast does just that. And if it does, would you please consider making a financial gift that will support this gospel-inclusive ministry? You can do that by going to urbanvillagechurch.org forward slash give. Thanks so much and have a blessed day. This morning's scripture comes from Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 31. It's also up on the screen if you wish. Once the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, he asked him, which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, the first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The word of God for the people of God. Um, I first want to say thank you to Bailey and her brave testimony. Um, You spoke, I I had to run out in the middle of your last testimony so I didn't get to hear it, Uh, but she spoke a lot about loneliness and uh, I have been reading Henry Nouwen recently Um, I get his daily meditation, which I would say if you aren't doing a spiritual practice right now, his daily meditation, um, or at least the Henry Nouwen Society's daily meditation, is maybe usually just a paragraph. And it is so good. And I would say for the last couple of weeks, he's been talking a lot about loneliness and um, how we can move from loneliness to solitude Um, And your testimony, I don't know if you get his daily meditation, but your testimony really echoed some of the themes that he has been sharing. So uh, thank you. Um, Before we start, before I start preaching, I want to begin with prayer, and we're going to sing our prayer today. Um, And I have a brother in Christ that's going to help me with that. (laughs) So we're going to try. Well, I didn't get it. Let's try it again. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. God. 
for your spirit that is present always. It is felt in singing and will carry us forth through this week. Fall afresh on us. Amen. So how many of you went to the Women's March yesterday? How many of you watched it on Facebook or CNN or, I don't know, Twitter? Yeah. How many of you were, like, as far away as possible from the Women's March? Yeah. Um, I did not get to go. I, I'm, like, I'm a marcher. You guys probably think of me as, like, a marcher, protester thing. Uh, I was watching my own little child woman um, so that the other woman in my life could be at school um, all day. Um, and so I uh, watched this women's march unfold from the um, Facebook land. And it was so inspiring to see um, thousands and thousands of people out uh, writing and uh, marching and, and chanting for justice. And sometimes justice is a word that um, can fall on us and we just think like the liberal agenda or something. But I want to define to you that justice is this idea, this biblical notion that God um, thinks that no one should be left behind. That God loves everyone. And that God desires everyone to have um, freedom, authenticity, and wholeness of life. And so we stand and march for justice because God is with the poor and the oppressed. And so I saw all these pictures of Chicago and D.C., and I think there were 216 other cities across the seven continents of the world marching. Um, and it was just beautiful. And I thought about Pastor Jarrell's sermon last week, and it was as if this community marched out of this space crying out for justice, and we continued walking all week long, inspired by the words of his sermon and by God's call to do that in our life. And so justice work is God's work. Justice work is part of living this good life, this good enough life that we've been talking about. Today, though, I want to talk about mercy or loving kindness. It also is part of what it means to live a good life. If you remember, we started a couple of weeks ago this sermon series called The Good Enough Life, right? Because all of us have this idea of a good life that's pie in the sky. We want to live a good enough life. And we've been uh, basing this sermon series around the scripture passage of Micah 6.8. So if you would be able to throw that up on the screen, and I'm going to have us read it together. Go ahead. He has told you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? And so each week, we are basically saying the good enough life is found in this scripture. The good enough life is to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with God. Last week, we talked about justice. This week, we're talking about love kindness. And next week, we're going to talk about walking humbly with God. Now, in my mind, it's kind of funny that we're saving walking humbly with God to the end because I feel like that's actually like the most important part that gives us the energy to do the other stuff. But whatever, this is how Micah did it. So this is what we're going to do. Um, so yes, here we go. Mercy. Our scripture passage today... Um, is one of my favorite passages. I have great memories of um, memorizing it when I was in confirmation, at least two of the verses. Um, 
And it speaks, in my mind, to the key of what it means to be human. It, it speaks to what it means to live a good life. Because as people, as human beings, there are questions that bubble up inside of us. There's questions that all of us have passed out of our lips. And, and they're, they're phrased a variety of ways, but they all get at the same thing. It's, um, the questions might be like, what is the purpose of my life? Or how do I live a good life? Or what is my calling or my vocation? Or what is the secret of happiness? What does it mean to be human is what we're asking, right? And so in this scripture passage, I think that that's what the religious scholar is also asking. It's, it's that deep question of what does it mean to be human? And he asks it this way. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus responds by, by saying the answer is to love God with our whole being heart, mind, soul, and strength, right? Love God with our whole being. And to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, which I want to point out means that Jesus assumes that we're supposed to love ourselves. So this question of how do I live a good life? What does it mean to be human? How do I engage and live in this world a full life? Jesus says it's simple. Love God, love neighbor, and love self. Let's see if that's better. It's really simple. Love God, love neighbor, and love self. And yet... We spend an entire lifetime trying to do that, trying to perfect that, trying to live into this idea of loving God with our entire heart and soul and mind and strength and loving our neighbor as ourself. This is what it means to be human. This is what it means to live the good life. And it's not just a Christian value or virtue. This is like a universal value or virtue. Um, Islam speaks of practicing love and mercy. Buddhism speaks of compassion for others. And the Hebrew scriptures speak of loving God and loving neighbor and self. Just look at, um, Jesus didn't make this up. He got it right from his scriptures, from the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. If you can bring up that next slide with the <clears throat> Deuteronomy and Leviticus. From Deuteronomy, hear Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Sounds kind of familiar, huh? Leviticus 19, you shall not take vengeance or bear grudge against any of the people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So Jesus summarized all of scripture in this verse. In naming that the, this is the most important commandment, Jesus is also refuting that there are acts that we do that earn us love or that, um, that make God love us more. 
Jesus is reminding us that God's love is not transactional. You can't earn it. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more or less. If you read your Bible every day, God loves you. If you don't read your Bible every day, God loves you, right? God doesn't love you more if you march in a protest or if you uh, make a meal for a friend or if you um, do anything that looks like an act of mercy. It doesn't make God love you more. How many of you are parents? Okay. How many of you are an aunt or an uncle? Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about then. Think about that little one. Is there anything that that little creature can do that would make you love that little creature more or less? In fact, those little creatures probably are like pooping in their diaper and crying a lot, and you're like, oh, aren't they so cute? (laughs) This is God's love. We cannot earn it. It just comes to us because we exist, because we have air in our lungs. And so this is why the most important thing is to begin with loving God with our entire being because God loves us with God's entire being. And because if we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves, that is not something we can will ourselves to do. Have you ever tried to love someone? Like someone that you don't like? Have you ever thought, I'm going to love this person? It's kind of impossible, right? It is God that gives us, it's the grace of God that gives us the capacity to love. Uh, Bishop Karen Alavito, who's the first openly uh, lesbian bishop and married in the United Methodist Church, uh, said this the other day, loving God without loving people is impossible. So if we want to love people, then we have to sit in God's love and receive that mercy. We have to be rooted in God's infinite capacity for mercy and love. So the word in Micah 6.8 for loving kindness, uh, the the Hebrew word is hasid. And there's not really like a great... um, Translation, it, uh, we, you see some translations say mercy, you see some translations say loving kindness, but there's not really like an English word that gets at what it actually means. I'm going to call it like a glue. It's the glue that holds us and God together. It's that intangible love that holds us together and gives us um, this great capacity to be vulnerable before God and share our most intimate thoughts. Bailey talked about that, right? A seed. And when we sit in that presence of God, it opens our and increases our capacity to then share that love. So the question is, how do we get in touch with uh, this source of love and mercy, right? How do we learn how to love other people? Because I, I don't know what's wrong with my microphone, y'all. I need to stop wearing dresses. Yeah, that's it. They need to make microphones for women. That's what I should have been marching in the parade for. (laughs) Speaking of parade, I'm going to confess to you something that I have realized more and more over the last couple of months. I am exhausted. I am exhausted at um, 
what is kind of the state of politics in our world. And I'm exhausted that um, I have to fight to help other people that are suffering, like that it has to be a fight, that we're not just doing it. And that I'm, I'm angry. But I'm realizing, and angry's, anger's good. It like fuels us into justice work. But there's this like shallow level of anger and frustration that just fuels um, justice work, but it, it's not rooted in something deeper. And I'm realizing that that's where I've been. And that if I'm going to maintain and not burn out, that I have to be rooted into something a whole lot deeper than my anger. I have to be rooted into the mercy and love of God. Um, I was reading um, an excerpt from Representative John Lewis's book earlier this week. Um, I think you all know who he is, but John Lewis is the great um, civil rights leader um, and representative. And he wrote a book called The uh, Across the Bridge, Life Lessons and a Vision for Change. Listen to what he says here. The most important lesson I have learned in the 50 years I have spent working toward the building of a better world is that the true work of social transformation starts within. It begins inside your own heart and mind because the battleground of human transformation is really more than any other thing, the struggle within the human consciousness to believe and accept what is true. And I would say what is true is God's love for us. Thus, to truly revolutionize our society, we must first revolutionize ourselves with God's help. We must be the change we seek if we are to effectively demand transformation from others. And so I am going to invite you for the next uh, five or ten, five, seven minutes, I am going to invite you into a practice of inner transformation. How many of you all, um, and this is, there's no shame in this, okay? Um, how many of you all on a daily basis are able to sit in silent meditation for maybe five, five minutes to, you know, half an hour? I see, wow, there's more than in the first service, which is great. Um, it is so hard. It is so hard. I know for me, um, basically I want to do anything else but it. There's always another email to send. There's always another phone call to make. There's always another chapter in the book to read about silent meditation. <laughs> right? And yet, how do we expect to be rooted into the throne of mercy if we do not regularly sit and listen and experience God's love? So, I want to invite you into a practice of compassion and mercy that I think if practiced over time, I think, I think you will, I think and hope and pray that you will find this meaningful today. But I 
think and hope and pray that if this was, would be something that you might commit to on a regular basis, it could transform your life from the inside, as Representative Lewis says. So I want to invite you to sit into a comfortable position, and we're going to practice something called metta. It's a Buddhist practice. I have um, changed a little bit of the language so that um, it, you know, like I think I used the word Christ at one point, um, so that um, it's a language that's familiar to our ears. So first thing I want you to do is sit in a comfortable position and take two or three breaths with slow and long and complete exhaling. So breathe in deeply. And when you've held it, breathe out fully and continue a couple of these repetitions of breathing. I should be hearing this great wind. Breathe in deeply and breathe out. And as you do that, let go of any concerns or preoccupations or maybe that surface level anger that's fueling you to do things. Let go of the joy that you brought with you. Let go of the sadness that you brought. These things will come up later in the meditation, but for right now, open your heart and your breath and remember that as you breathe in, the breath that sustains you is Ruach, the Spirit of God. As you breathe deeply, know that you were breathing in the breath of life from God. It was the very place of mercy and compassion and loving kindness and glue that holds you into this place. To begin, we're going to practice loving kindness first toward ourself. We often have difficulty loving others first if we cannot love ourselves. And so as you are sitting quietly, I want you to hold an image of yourself in your mind's eye. And mentally repeat slowly and steadily something like these words. You can choose your own words, but something like this. May I know God's love. May I be well. May I be safe. May the peace of Christ dwell in me. And as you continue to say these phrases of loving kindness toward yourself, I invite you to sink into the intentions that they express. I invite you to connect to the intention of wishing yourself happiness, peace, mercy. And as you say these words, know that Feelings are going to come up with some of these phrases. And you might have strong emotion, and that's okay. May I know God's love. May I be well. May I be safe. May the peace of Christ dwell in me. 
I'm going to pause for a moment so you can continue to say these words. Now that you have expressed loving kindness toward yourself, bring to mind's eye a friend or someone in your life that has deeply cared for you. Hold that person's image in your mind's eye and slowly repeat the loving kindness phrases toward them. May you know God's love. May you be well. May you be safe. May the peace of Christ dwell in you. And again, allow yourself to sink into the intention of the heartfelt meaning of these words. And to be okay with whatever emotions or feelings might arise out of this loving kindness. May you be well. May you know God's love. May you be safe. May the peace of Christ dwell in you. I'll pause a moment so that you can sit with this person. Now that you've expressed loving kindness toward yourself and toward a loved one, I invite you to do something that's going to be maybe a little difficult. I invite you to bring to mind's eye someone that you're in conflict with, someone that you're angry with or maybe that is angry with you, someone that maybe Jesus might call your enemy. And hold their image in your mind's eye. And slowly repeat phrases of loving kindness toward them. May you be well. May you know God's love. May you be safe. May the peace of Christ dwell in you. Connecting with the feelings that arise, not judging them. May you be well. May you know God's love. May you be safe. And may the peace of Christ dwell in you. I'll pause for a moment so that you can sit with this enemy.
as you slowly come back to present, I'm going to end with a prayer. Oh God, grant us an undivided heart to love and serve you today with all of our heart, mind, strength, and soul. Open our eyes to see you and to serve you in the ordinary events of this day. And may love radiate through us. Amen. How was that, y'all? As the band comes up, I just have to say, it's pretty awesome, really awesome, actually, to see everyone in the room vulnerable and rooted. I mean, maybe you were like, I don't know, doing a speech in your head or something, but it really looked like y'all were rooted into something big, someone big. It was pretty awesome.